Oh, so-and-so talking about you. Now we're gonna have this party, and at the party, we're gonna come in. And, I know you didn't just talk about me. So everybody gonna know about what y'all did in private here. Now the whole world gets to know. Oh, you don't talk about me and my family. And we go, we go out and do that, right? That shows a lot about your character. Are you somebody who got to go and have the whole show? Got to hold the everybody got to know your business. Here, look at Joseph's character. Let's go back in here, uh, Matthew chapter one. We're going back to Matthew chapter one, and let's read verse eighteen one more time. I just want us to go, comb through it for a second. It says, "Now the birth." of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed. Now I want to break down betrothed. Betrothed in the Jewish custom was almost basically like you were married. You would have to basically get a divorce, a, 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 a separation, a document saying we're no longer together. You know, many of us, we, some of us have been engaged five, ten times. It's almost like you got a boyfriend, a girlfriend. That that's we are taking the seriousness of saying we got engaged. When we made it almost like we go and study. Not even real, even boyfriend, girlfriend. Here, when you are betrothed, they're saying, This is my woman, this is my man. We are going to get married. And we are so serious about it, we're gonna keep ourselves pure still even before marriage. Because some of us use our engagement period to try out period. So, y'all, if you heard that, let it rock with you. But here, in the Jewish custom, your engagement period was a period of seriousness where y'all got together in that, in that union, but you did not consummate any part of that marriage. You, that's how serious it was. And many times, it was arranged by your parents. Many people were betrothed at a young age. So here, and that's why I want you to go deeply about this. If me and Kelly were arranged by our parents, it would take some time for us if we did to fall in love because it was not us that attracted to one another but it was our parents that put us together now step back for a second Mary and Joseph these are I want you to also understand we also are dealing with people who are in poverty who are in poverty and so their parents more likely put them together now I don't want you to think Joseph some 50 year old man with a 13 year old that's not that's not how the game was played Joseph was probably older, but he was not that much older. Mary, more likely, was younger. Some people put her at age 13. Some people say 15. Some people, she's in that, that young age. Because also, back up, this is not our time period, where you had a bunch of people who were 70 plus uh, walking around. You, the age of uh, the, the life expectancy during that time was around 40, uh, 50. If you were hitting 50, you're like, man, you're living a really good life. They didn't have water to drink like we have. That's why you see wine used, because the water was not always clean. Things of that nature. They didn't have filter systems like we do. They didn't have, you can go to care now clinics and things like that. You got cut, it might be mean you might die in a week. That's the life they were living. They didn't have a Walmart to go to. They had to go kill their own animals or go to the shop. Where even in today's time, if you went out to that eastern part of the world, you're going to see a pig going around and around. Which in America we're like, oh, that's too much. We don't want to see all that on the pee. But we seen a leg come off and we act like it was attached. I can't eat that. Many of us become vegetarians in America. We live like uh, we saw all that. So this was a life that they were living. So Joseph here saying, okay, we're betrothed. 
And before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. Now, a just man was means he was a good man. He was a man that followed God's word. He was a man that walked with the Lord. He was a man that was a... He, when you talk about a good man, that's what Joseph was. He was a real man. And so then he comes, he was a just man and not wanting to make her a public example. Now... There's many of us who are brothers who we found that the girl that we were dating was pregnant and we know it wasn't us. You know, like the Maury Povich. That's the whole show. The whole show, right? Get on there. Maury sitting right here. And the man, he's, now the whole, about 20 minutes, they've been cussing out one another. They ain't showing the picture. Now, she didn't had it in her PowerPoint. But it showed the picture of the baby. That's your nose. That's you. That's you. You, that's your nose. And the man, girl, I, ain't, I don't even know you like that. And the girl is right here, right? The girl's right here. And the minute Maury says, 99.999, you are uh, uh, Tyrone, you are not the father. I told you, boop, 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 boop. And what is the girl? Oh, no! That's what happens, right? Right? That's called a public example. <laughs> Joseph, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Now, go back to the range part, though. Joseph had enough respect for her and love for her. I want you to look, look at that. Love for her not to do that to her. See, even though it was arranged, now I want you to understand, God does the ultimate arrangement, does he? See, you think I fell in love with her. God arranged that. See, when God is arranging things, and you want God to do the arrangement in your life. Because when he does the arrangement in your life, you may not have intended for it to be, but God said, I did. You know, many of us get upset if somebody comes in your house and moves stuff around. But we always... All of us really would love an interior decorator to come in. And now I, I want to, Mother V can decorate some stuff. And can, amen? She can decorate some stuff. Now she like that African stuff, but she can decorate some stuff. You love some African stuff, she'll African up your house. But when you got an interior decorator, they have an expertise in arranging where things should go so that the eye can catch it. Well, this is the thing. God is arranging things in our life so our eye is catching it. See, you can go and say, I don't like that. You can ultimately refuse. You can make that choice. I don't want that, Lord. You can make that choice. But what God is doing in our life, he is arranging things in our life so that we can be blessed. He really is. He has the ultimate thing where he's trying to arrange things in our life so that we can be blessed. Let me go to uh, Beverly real quick. Beverly, when you were 15, was it any thought you would be with Vern? That wasn't, if you had your list of things that a man and all this other stuff, that would not be on your list, right? Or you never had a list. Oh, you did have a list. So you had a list, and, and out of 10, Vern had how much on your list? Okay, see right there, right there. I wish she was here for this. So, 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 with that being said, but God arranged, I want y'all to look at that. The guy was supposed to be tall. Now, okay, right, taller than you, okay. And so, God arranged though for that to catch your eye. Amen? And then even when Vern made some mistakes, God said, I'm still arranging for a comeback. 
See, when God makes the arrangement, understand man can't put us under. See, that's the thing that we have to understand. So God had arranged for Joseph and Mary to be together for a reason. Because Mary could have been betrothed to any other man. Her parents could have said, well, we're going to pick up Tyrone over here. Now understand, when Tyrone would have heard about it, oh, now, oh, now, holy what, what now, uh-uh. You're going to be uh-uh. That I ain't touch you, bop, bop, bop. And that would have been it. See, but that goes back to God's ultimate arrangement. God said, I intended for Joseph and Mary to be together because I know what kind of choices that this man's going to make. He arranged that together. He arranged for this older man, not that much older, not 50 like we said, but an older person to be, first of all, caring enough about Mary that I don't even want to shame her. I want to do it in quiet that she can go on with her life and I can go on with my life. See, that talks about that person's character. He was compassionate. He was compassionate. How you doing? So come on in. He was compassionate towards Mary. He was compassionate towards Mary. Imagine how differently if Joseph had seriously had put her away like he wanted to in secret. Imagine how different it would be. And so then we get into our next point. And I, I want to just talk briefly about there are people in our life who are driven, a real man driven by his call. Nelson Mandela, he, as some people consider him a terrorist, some a patriot, whatever you want to call it, at the end of the day, the man was trying to fight for the freedom of his people. There was apartheid, apartheid to the nastiest of levels. There was separation where blacks were not even treated as a human being and separate, but were treated like dogs. And he said, it's enough. He had went and got his education and came back to try to help his people. And then on top of that, they said, you know what? You're going to spend about 20 years plus in jail. In jail. We're going to lock you down. Some people excuse that he should be in jail because he's a terrorist. But understand, a true terrorist is somebody who's just trying to commit terror. A true patriot is somebody who's trying to make freedom happen. You can say that our, the forefathers of this country were terrorists. From the Boston Tea Party, that wasn't nothing but some terror, but they were considered patriots. And why is that? Because they were fighting for freedom. John Brown could be considered a terrorist. He was fighting for the freedom of slaves. Fred Douglas could be considered a terrorist. He was trying to fight for the freedom of slaves. And then we get from Nelson Mandela, then we get to Martin Luther King Jr. Now, how he fought, he said, I will do it with a quiet resistance. We will sit here, we will march, we will do the things, but we will not fight you with our hands. Now, I want you to understand, 20 years of his family were taken away while he was in jail, in that small jail cell. 20 years for Nelson Mandela. When he came back, he was with his wife, totally after that, they got divorced. Totally different people after that time. But understand Martin Luther King Jr., he was 39 years old when he died. His children had not even hit their teenage years, basically. Some of his children were still almost in diapers. 39 years he died. He started his ministry truly when he was 25. When he was 25 years old, and what happened? What happened? The man was killed. He was killed in public. 
But he was driven by his call. That's why I want y'all to understand. He was driven by his call. So then we have Joseph here. Joseph is going to be driven by a call. When we get into verse 23, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Then when we get in verse 22, so all these things were done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. He was driven by a call. He was still thinking about how am I going to deal with this situation? I got a crisis here. And understand, he was slow enough to listen to the word of God. See, many times we get in a crisis, we think we got to solve something right here, right now. But we don't slow down enough so that God can be speaking to us. He slowed down enough. Listen, while he was still thinking about these things, the Lord spoke to him. Do you have enough time? Are you so driven, not by the call, but by expedience, by I got to get it done now, that you miss what God can be talking to you about? Are you driven by listening to the word of God? Are you driven? What are you driven by? So, so then we get to that, okay? So we, we talk about that one issue, right? He, he starts listening to the word of God. He starts listening to the angel. And what does the angel say to him? Let's go back. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife. He wanted Joseph to understand. You don't need to be afraid of what's happening here. You don't need to be afraid to take this woman. You're not going to be, you're, you're going to go through some things, but don't be afraid of what's about to happen. I'm going to explain to you just why. Because in her belly is not some other man's child. She was not raped by some Roman soldier. Nothing of those situations. She, uh, and you need to bring my next point, I'm sorry. She was not, uh, none of those things happened. What happened here was that the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. And she conceived. She conceived. There was no, there was no, uh, and, and, and Joseph, the same woman you have, is the same woman you have. She has something in her belly that no man has ever touched. She is still pure. And that's why she's going to have the son of God. She is still pure. So Joseph, I want you to understand that this same son that's being sent, he has a purpose. His purpose is to save his people from their sins. And in that purpose, Joseph, I want you to name my son. See, I, I, see it's getting deep because I'm, I'm telling you why it's happening and then I'm going to give you some instructions. I tell you, I'm giving you instruction, take Mary as your wife. I'm giving you instruction, name my son, Jesus. You're going to name my son. Now understand, when you name something, you give something ownership. You give somebody responsibility. If I say, now I want, uh, uh, if I say, name this, that means you have responsibility. If it's a name on the gymnasium, understand, there's a little bit of responsibility. If we go adopt a highway or something, there's a little bit of responsibility. Now we don't need to go try to make the line straight or, or put down concrete, but Meantime, when you adopt the highway, what? They want you to help clean it up. 
So when you name something, you are given responsibility. What he's telling him here, he said, Joseph, I want you to be driven by a call. It's a driven by a call first. I want you to take Mary as your wife. I want you to have the responsibility of being her husband. And then, Joseph, I want you to be the foster father, the adoptive father for this boy coming. That this boy who is going to be the son of God, who is the son of God. And then I want you to have the responsibility because you are going to place the name that I told you, you're going to place it upon him. Joseph, I want you to be driven by a call. Martin Luther King Jr. was driven by a call. Many times our call will cost us. It may cost us your life. It may cost us you some time. Yes, he died at 39, but think about if he had not obeyed the Lord and been driven by his call, where would we be? Nelson Mandela spent 20 years plus, lost family, lost his wife through that whole struggle at the very end. Think of how much he sacrificed so that his people would truly be free. And then when you're truly driven by a call, you can forgive. Because see, Nelson Mandela was driven by a call, but he said, I gotta set my people free, but we're gonna have some reconciliation. You see, when you're driven by a call, you can forgive and you can move forward. Joseph said, okay, this is my situation. This is what I've been given. This is where Mary is, is, is pregnant and it's not my child. I know that. Joseph, I know that. But I'm driven by this call that I'm going to protect this woman. I'm going to protect this child. And this is going to be my woman. I'm going to be the chief protector in this house. He was driven by a call. What are you driven by? Are you driven enough that you want to see people coming to Christ that you will go and talk to anybody about Lord Jesus Christ? Are you driven that much? See, because when you are truly a real man, and I'm talking about even a real Christian, you're not driven by yourself, you're driven by God. Joseph could have been so selfish in this moment, right? He had right to. He could have got mad with God. How many times we got mad with God? How dare God let me go through this stuff? Da 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 da. We get upset. I've been there. Well, you've been oh so upset. God, why are you allowing me to go through this? And God is saying, I got some work for you to do. See, Joseph was going through something. Because understand, when you get pregnant, what? How long can you really hide a pregnancy? On a real. On a really real. And then if you really uh tinny winny, you petite. How long can you hide a pregnancy? You can hide it that long, right? No. And, 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 and folks have tried. Come in there. Oh, I'm not, I just, I've been just eating some bonbons and stuff, girl. I ain't pregnant. Girl, you pregnant. People looking at you. They, and they want to say it, right? Especially in this day and age, you, you can't say that. That she gain weight or she pregnant. Gain weight or she pregnant. And, and, and you just want, you're like, girl, I see you. That's how we do it, right? You can't hide that too long, right? Mary was not going to be able to hide this pregnancy forever. Somebody was going to figure out something or, or say something, or something was going to happen. Especially in that early stage, right? I remember when Kelly was pregnant with Eden. I'm like, doggone, she always tired. <laughs> Them first three months. You don't want to watch no TV. I'm, I'm about to go to bed. It's only 5 o'clock. Why are you going to bed now? Girl, it's, it's in the morning. What's going on? Oh, I'm just sick. What you say? Oh, Lord, go ahead and handle that. Things happen, right? There's some things that come with pregnancy. You're not going to be able to hide all the things that are going on in your life. So Joseph had to make the decisions. But understand, once again, he's driven by the call of the Lord. 
What are you driven by? What drives you? And so then we get to, he was driven uh, by his call. We get to the, the next thing. Now I want y'all understand, man, Paula Dean and myself, we've had a love affair. <laughs> She's had some good cakes and there's a butter like a ooey gooey kind of thing, they still sell at Walmart. You know Walmart said they don't carry a product, please. They carry it, because it be off the shelves in a day. But in the quietness, where you amongst your friends, and you think you can be real, you'll say some things, won't you? Now since then I hadn't had no Paula Dean stuff, I ain't gonna let, I ain't gonna give anybody money who wanna call me some stuff. But Paula Dean revealed a little bit of her character. Right? For her, it may have been like, well, I just wanted black men to dress up at the mansion to just serve us, just to serve. Or you wanted some plantation style party. Either way, how you look at it. You may have used the N-word freely and how you look at it. Or you may even say to one of your colleagues, boy, you better move because we can't see you so dark over there. These are the things I don't want to go down to Paula Dean thing. All of these things you can see on YouTube if you like. But her character got revealed. And, it, and this year she lost so much because her character got revealed. Now the person that actually made the lawsuit, not even black. <laughs> I, I wonder, everybody really need to know, it's a white woman who, is, who made the charges. There's not no black, and she was making charges about sexual discrimination. But she just wanted to show how she discriminates against everybody. Then the case got tossed. At the end of the day, it got dismissed. But Paula Dean lost all of those things because the trueness of who she was came out. Think about that. Think about your character, the real of who you are. If it really came out. Some of us think we good as gold. Well, hey, I'm just, you know, like Paula Dean, I'm just a good old country girl. She didn't even see it. She, even today, she still struggles with it. Because remember how she apologized. She had about 10 or so different apologies. Had to cut it up, splice it. Because she was just trying to apologize. Like, look, uh, I love black people. Oh, I can't say it like that. Uh, black people are good people. Uh, you people are great. You know, she was trying to figure out a way to apologize to us. And we're like, girl, we didn't even know we had a problem. What happened? And then she just did it like, if I was sitting right there, like a little cutaway. Like, can I get the uh, camera up? Uh, I'm sorry, can we put it on YouTube? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It wasn't even professionally done. Not saying Kathleen cannot do professional work. Say so it was not professionally done. She was just trying to get something done. And then went on TV and broke down crying. And then went on TV again. See, when your character started coming up, you try to hide stuff. And it's hard to hide it. You just gotta be real like, man, I messed up, I'm flawed. Because you came at the end, well, if you got stones, then throw it. But if you live in that glass house, don't throw it. I'm just not perfect. Please forgive me. All that people don't want to hear. People want to hear, I'm sorry, I messed up. Please forgive me. That's it. When you say, I'm sorry, but, and that's what you're doing. I'm sorry, but I was raised like this, and I didn't know. No, but negates the first part. You have now not apologized. I'm sorry, but you know, if you had made me mad, I wouldn't hit you in your face. Sorry, sir. 
That's not an apology anymore. That's now negated. You are not justifying everything you did. That's not sorry. But we have been taught that forever. That's not true repentance. But we've been taught that. It is in our flesh that we act like this. But in our true spirit, that's where you find your character, right? You find who you are. Who are you? Who are you? Are you like my girl Paula Dean? She here with his, his brother. Hey, he's laughing it up. He having a good time. Cause he's like, look, I'm going to get some money. Because Paula here, we all about to get paid. <laughs> I don't even care if she caught me here one day. I'm about to pay some bills. But this brother, this was done before. Now this brother like, oh, girl, I can't be with you. Can you get Bobby Flay? So, so when we move on from this, so we got the Paula Dean. What's our character? We move on from this. Joseph loved Mary. Joseph, even after finding about this, what does Joseph do? Let's, let's get in verse 24. Verse gets Joseph, then Joseph being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. Now understand, some of us go to sleep. And we're like, ooh, that was just a dream. I better keep on moving. Joseph took it seriously. He took it seriously what the word was saying to him, what God was trying to say to him. And he did not know her till she had brought forth her first, and look at this, for her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, Joseph had every right. He took her as a wife. He could have consummated the marriage. He could have. He did not. Joseph made important choices that affects us all today. Joseph could have said to Mary, get your poop, poop, crazy tail out of my house, I'm out. Joseph could have said after that dream, that was a dream, whatever. Joseph could say, okay, I'm going to take you as my wife, but girl, we're getting down tonight. And for some of us men, and we're going to be really real, when it was honeymoon night, it was honeymoon night. Girl, don't be trying to hold back nothing. We ready. We ready. All right. All right. So the be like, I would have been everything. You guys all right? I'm in my You ready. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's if you had waited. See, that's if you had waited. If you hadn't waited, he like, oh, you just go whatever. But you waited. Like Joseph. Now Joseph took this woman as his wife. I got to wait a little bit longer. I'm going to have to wait till she give uh, forth her son. Now understand, when, when a, a woman has birth, you got to wait a little bit longer after that too now. All right? All right? We keeping it real? We keeping it real this morning? You going to have to wait after that too? That's, just, that's being right? So think about Joseph had to wait. This is his wife. This is who he protects. He's not focused on the flesh or the temporary pleasures. He is focused on the internal plan and the eternal purpose that's on his life. We have to stop being focused on today's problems and the temporary fixes and even the temporary solutions that we can have. We're trying to duct tape our life together. And God is saying, I have an eternal purpose for you. Can you wait? And not focus on your problems today. And know God has a benefit. God has a plan for you. It is detailed for you. Your life will affect others, especially if you will follow God. That's what God is asking. Will you follow me?
Will you follow me and trust me? Will you see what I can do? Or will you keep going back to your flesh? These temporary fixes. We have tried to fix this and fix that. We go to counseling here. We do this and do that. Will you follow me? And understand the following is not easy. Because Joseph had to what? He had to leave his family. And they went to Bethlehem. And then when they got to Bethlehem, they were homeless. Now I want you to understand, there was no room at the end. That means Joseph and Mary were homeless. They got there and they were homeless. Joseph is looking like, Lord, I'm bringing forth your son. You can't give me no house to come to? No, Joseph. There's going to be no room at the end. And Joseph, you're going to be a around some animals. Now I know about you. Our children yesterday went to the, uh, to the ranch. Did the animals all smell good? No, they smell, right? You just like, oh, no. They stink. Now, you're giving birth in a manger, in a barn. Let's, let's bring it down. Can we say manger? We, it sounds pretty. He, they gave birth to the Christ Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior, in a barn. Not in a barn on a nice farm or ranch. It was some riggedy, raggedy barn. That somebody said, I ain't got no room in here. If you want to go around there with them dogs and them horses that be uh, pooping on themselves and a the pig that in the trough, you can maybe do something with that. Holla at you. Now, and understand, you probably, give me just a little change for that. And understand, if Joseph and Mary had some money to roll in with, you always can find room at the end. So Joseph came to Bethlehem with no money really in his pocket. No real money. Joseph came and they became homeless. Joseph came and they gave birth in a barn. He had to be the midwife more than likely in that situation. Because they are coming from a whole different town to this town. But he said, I'm going to stay with you, Mary. Through it all, I'm still here, Mary. Mary, I loved you before even the Holy Spirit descended upon you. I loved you when I was thinking about what to do. I loved you when God told me, his son is in your belly. I loved you, taking you from Nazareth, from Galilee, all the way down to my hometown, my us, my, my town of ancestry, Bethlehem, so that what? I know Joseph, because I know I'm a just man. I know some word that this boy got to be born here. Joseph ain't walking in here crazy. He walked in here with some sense. And so he walks down here. He don't have any money. He probably, some of us were like, well, the Lord should gave him some money. He put $10 in, why didn't he give him 1000 now? No, that's not how the Lord works. That's not how the Lord works. See, that's how the prosperity gospel go down real deep, right? Because if God don't do the gospel prosperity on his own son, what is he going to do it on you? If God don't, God's going to first have parents from the hood then go and be homeless. If he don't do the prosperity gospel on Jesus Christ and the folks that are trying to help him, and think about who came to visit him. It wasn't King Herod. It was some shepherds. Some nasty shepherds. Some folks that are out there with the sheep. And they probably broke too. And they're going to be the first one to witness glory to the highest. Some more hood folk. The Lord did not have any prosperity gospel there that night. But what he did give us was the truth prosperity of all time. He gave us the true assurance that day. But it also came because this man made some important choices. The choice he made, I'm going to follow the Lord. Whatever I do, I'm going to follow the Lord. Wherever he takes me, I'm going to follow the Lord. If I have become homeless, which I have, with a baby, newborn baby and this woman, I'm going to follow the Lord. Now I want you to understand, we'll cover this a little bit uh, next week. Two years later, they were still in Bethlehem. See, when you got your money right, you can go back home. 
But their money was a little short still. But they had finally got them a little place. Two years later, they were still there. Two years later, they were still there. But understand, they were going to have to leave this place. Because Herod was saying, who? Who was born? No, everybody who's two years and younger in Bethlehem, who's a boy, I'm killing them right now. So he then had to become a fugitive for the Lord. He had to take his family, not and stay in Israel. He had to take his family all the way to another country. He went from Galilee to Bethlehem. Now he in Egypt. He amongst our people. Now he ain't really went to the hood. He amongst our folk. He, some of them folks that look, look like us are right up there in Egypt. They're like, oh, look at Joseph and, and, and his Jewish people coming amongst us black folk. They took him down to, to Egypt and then had to stay there until Herod died. So they had to go to another culture. So that was some years before Herod died. And all of the Joseph said, I'm still saying with the Lord. Many of us would have quit. We would have quit at the first time. We would have quit at Bethlehem. We would have quit two years in Bethlehem. We would have quit in Egypt. And eventually he takes them all the way to Egypt and said, we're going to come on back home now. By this time, Joseph got some more parts of his family. He got Jesus. And these people, when they come back home, they don't know. They just know Joseph has been gone for some years. Almost more than half a decade, Joseph been gone. And Joseph understood my calling and the purpose is higher than me. Victory, I want us to understand that. I want us to understand. When we look at here, there's safety and crime issues on this property. The folks out here who I know dealing, who I know uh, are not living right. I know we got children who don't know the word, who don't know the Lord. I know we have mothers who are really hopeless and ready to give up. They letting their children run amok. I know we got fathers who are absentee. I know right here in our church, the same thing is happening. But I want you to understand that we could go and say, well, let's move to the suburbs. That's not going to do anything for us. We can go and we can become nice and big, have a building. Y'all can give me a nice salary so I can get my little Cadillac, be rolling on that stuff. Be like, oh, hey, praise the Lord. I could do that every Sunday. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to be filled. I'm not going to be where I should be. Because God has called us here. He has called us to make a difference in this community. He has called us to be a lighthouse in a dark situation. He's asked us to bring good news to a bad news situation. Amen? He's asked us to be those kind of people. He asked us to stand in the gap. And then he comes to Ezekiel. He tells Ezekiel, Ezekiel 22:30, And I saw a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Don't let victory be that. Because there are churches that God is looking for a church who's going to stand in the gap in the community, who's going to stand and go through the hellish things that we got to go through to understand there are going to be some blessings for people. We might not see it on this end. It might be 30 years from now, but it's some seeds we are laying today that will come to fruition, come and blossom before our faces, and we're going to see this community change because victory is here. And that's where I want us to understand. I could go and look at so many different locations. I could look at this and look at that. But victory is here for a reason. God made this happen. This was not our plan like Joseph. But this was God's intention. This was not, this was not our call, but God called it. See, when God is controlling your business, then you don't have to worry about the outcome. Because we will profit at the end. We have a God 
that's with us always. We don't even pay rent. All we got to do is do this. Put our treasures focused on heaven. Witness to people. Tell people of Christ Jesus. And tell them there's a breakthrough about to happen in your life. It may not be money. It may not be a house. But I know a Savior that's ready to break the chains off of you right now. I know a Savior. I know a Savior that said, who the Son has set free and truly free indeed. No man can go put me back in no chains because God has set me free. What God has put together, no man, no man can put us under. So I want us to understand what it means to be a real man, what it means to be a real Christian, what it means to be a real church. Your character, your call, and your conduct. What are you driven by today? The doors of the church are open. Amen? Amen. Amen.